0: This is the Wealthability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes.
1: Welcome to the Wealthability Show, where we're always discovering how to make way more money and pay way less tax. Hi, I'm Tom Wheelwright, your host, founder, and CEO of Wealthability. So, what if you could actually predict your revenue, your workflow? The, the needs that you have for additional workers and even how a worker and whether they would fit well within your company. How would that change your life as a business owner? Today, we're going to learn how AI can actually do that, that it can cause, give us the predictability that we've been wanting without all of the headache and guesswork that comes from it, but not take away our judgment. And today I have a very special guest with me, Avi Goldfarb from the University of Toronto. He is an expert in this area, and it's great to have you with us. Avi, welcome.
0: It's fantastic to be here. Thanks, Tom.
1: And so, uh, Avi, if you would, just give us a little bit of your background.
0: Sure. Uh, I am a professor at the University of Toronto, uh, the Rotman School of Management. I'm in the marketing department. Um, I trained as an economist. So way back in the 1990s, there was this new technology called the internet. And when I was doing my PhD, I decided it was, uh, you know, this was something nobody knew anything about. And so it was the kind of thing that was worth studying and trying to get my head around. And so I spent the first uh, 15 years of my career trying to understand the economic impact of the internet, focused on things like understanding online advertising, understanding online market power, and uh, the challenges with respect to privacy. Um, uh, Then um, about 10 years ago, Um, we started this program at the University of Toronto for science-based startups called the Creative Destruction Lab. And uh, in our lab, in the very first year, we saw this company called Atomwise, it was way back in 2012, that said they were uh, using artificial intelligence for drug discovery. And, you know, put yourself back 10 years ago, that just seemed crazy. This idea that you're gonna use artificial intelligence for anything uh, wasn't on most people's radar. And for drug discovery, that just seemed like science fiction. And uh, what they were actually doing was using a new emerging technology called deep learning, um, which is a branch of computational statistics, but they call it artificial intelligence, uh, to try to predict which molecules bind with which proteins to figure out you know, which drugs are going to work. Interesting. And then the next year, we had a handful more. And the next year, we had this flood of AI companies coming through our lab. And my co-authors and I, who were running a lab at the time, decided this was worth uh, getting our heads around. And so we moved on from sort of studying the uh, the impact of the internet to try to impact, understand this new technology. And so that's that's why I'm here. Since 2012, uh, and especially since about 2015, I've been focused on trying to understand the impact of AI on the economy and on business. And um, and that led to our first book, Prediction Machines, and our new book, uh, Power and Prediction.
1: I, I, I love it. And so um, we did a we did a podcast on AI just a few years ago, and I know it has just changed drastically since then. Um, I've long been a believer that AI combined with blockchain technology was actually going to change the business world, frankly. And that you know, one is predicting it and the other one is uh, making is, is actually auditing it effectively and making sure it's accurate. So um, let's, let's talk about AI. If you would, you know, kind of drill down a little bit make sure everybody understands what are we talking about when we say ai cuz i don't think we're talking about robots here i think right. we're talking about something different
0: we're um yeah the reason we're talking about artificial intelligence in 2022 and it wasn't really on anybody's radar 10 or 20 years ago is because a very particular branch of computer science um called machine learning has gotten much better and machine learning is prediction technology so it's not it's not an artificial gen- general intelligence. It's not like the robots you're going to see in science fiction. It is the uh, the ability to take data you have and to fill in missing information. Um, but it turns out prediction is a really big deal in all sorts of businesses. Because anytime you're trying to fill in missing information, that's prediction. So uh, if you're trying to fill in forms, that's prediction. If you're trying to diagnose in medicine, that's prediction. Uh, if you're trying to... Uh, you know, assess what the right decision is, a key component of that is uh, situational awareness, knowing what's going on. And that's fundamentally prediction. The, the key point, though, uh, is that prediction is not everything. So if you have a prediction, you still don't know what to do. You, <laughs> right. need, you need you need, a prediction you, to decide. You actually need some judgment. You need to know what, what matters. What do you value in order to make a decision? And so we can think about that in all sorts of ways. The um, there's this old movie, I Robot. I don't know if you, you remember. I it, remember robot? it well. Will start. Okay, so uh, so it's it's uh, you know a classic science fiction movie based on a classic science fiction novel. And the the protagonist of the movie, Detective Spooner, he he hates robots. Okay, so well, why does he hate robots? And there's this is flashback scene where he and this little girl are in a car accident, and their cars are both sinking into a river, and it's pretty clear that both of them are about to drown. And then a robot comes along and saves uh, Detective Spooner, saves the adult and not the girl and that's why he hates robots. And he says, well, uh, you know, ele- oh, because it was a robot. And actually this is really important in terms of you said, you know, auditing with blockchain. Well, it's also true with auditing with AI. Because it was a machine, he could audit it. He could say, "Well, why did the robot save me and not the girl?" And the robot predicted that he had a 45% chance of survival and the girl had an 11 11- wrong. but uh, but it's actually very meaningful in the context of understanding today's AI. So those predictions, 45 versus 11, actually didn't tell the robot what to do someone programmed the robot to say well 45 is more than 11 so save the adult and not the child and then you know the the protagonist the the detective goes on to say well 11 percent was more than enough and a human being would have known that the robot should have saved the girl well that's that's a different statement that's about judgment that's about what do you do with the prediction and it turns out like these tools are amazing at prediction but the judgment of what do you do with those predictions that remains inherently human and so all over the place when we're thinking about using artificial intelligence in business, the AI is just giving you those numbers. It's giving you the predictions, but you have to decide, uh, you know, what do you do with them? So, well, so, you're using so let it me give
1: you, let me give you an example and let's, yeah. uh, let's kind of explore this. Cause I'm, you know, yeah. I'm a business, I'm a business owner. Most of our uh, listeners are business owners. And we're looking at, boy, if we could predict, uh revenue if we could predict customer behavior if we could predict workflow it would have a huge impact because then we could make decisions like you say judgment as to when to hire somebody who to hire at what time do we do hire them we can make judgments as to um how do we expand because uh, obviously if we can predict our current revenue we say okay well if if we did this what would happen and then if it could give nope. us a, you know, a predictable result and we say, well, okay, well, if I spend $5 in this aspect of marketing, like I do $5 on um, a, 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 a Facebook ad, what will that get me? And it predicts that, well, it'll, it'll get you $20. Well, okay, well, I'm going to, what if I put in $500,000, will it get me 2 million? Right? Yeah. So the same so, type of the thing,
0: is okay. that the type of prediction we're talking about here? So yes to some and no to others. Okay. So the investment predictions, that's less so because um, you know ultimately, uh, you know, if you have a, you know, if you're using a prediction tool to f- try to figure out how to invest, and so is everybody else, it's all going to wash out the way the you know the the market works out. But for something like what's demand going to be, uh, what's customer demand going to look like next period, um, uh, you know, what are you know given consumers coming to my to my website or to my business. What are their interests? What do they want? Um, that kind of feeling and misinformation, that kind of prediction is uh very much in AI wheelhouse, in the AI's wheelhouse, today's AI's wheelhouse. So you can do things like predicting inventories, predicting demand, uh predicting um whether a new applicant is gonna be a good fit in the organization, things like that.
1: So so let me give you a, a yeah. oh, I like I like that last one. Um <laughs> <laughs> That's a tough one, right? So let me um, l- let me give you an example. Okay. So in my business, I'm a CPA. And um, what we're always trying to do is predict workflow throughout the year. Okay. We we know, we kind of know what customers have done in the past, but presumably with AI, we could absolutely know and it could predict, okay, well, uh, we're gonna get this much work in June, we're gonna th- this much work in, in March and this much work in October, and this is how we need to staff up.
0: Absolutely. So to the extent that those things are, uh, those are predictable year in, year out, or at least there's, you know, based on factors that you can anticipate, then, um, then absolutely. So, you know, you have a sense maybe, you know, in April it's busy, um, but um, uh, but exactly how busy and you could do it you could do those predictions at the customer level. So what's the likelihood that given my set of customers, uh, each one is going to be uh, you, know, you know how many hours is each one going to require every month? And using your historic data and historic data from other CPAs that uh, you know maybe a vendor could provide, you could then predict. The demands customer by customer, and then you can aggregate it and figure out how to allocate your uh, your time and and when you need to bring the extra people on, et cetera.
1: I I, I like it. So one of my one of my big questions, though, for the yeah. smaller business. Okay, yeah. so we're not you know we understand that. You know, in, in in our industry, for example, Ernst and Young, yeah, they're 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 probably using AI. They've probably been using AI for years now. Um, yeah, yeah. But what about what about the smaller business? How does a smaller business actually um, find? I, I mean, even figure out how to use that information. Where do they
0: even go for that? So, uh, for most smaller businesses, you're not going to be developing in-house. You're going to be going to a vendor. Exactly. Um, but a lot of the, uh, you know. Uh, a lot of your um, software vendors for lack of, you know, will have some AI built in and you just have to look for it and think about what the relevant ones. Is. So if it's an e-commerce business, uh, Amazon and Shopify will both have, uh, you know, uh, AI related tools that can support what you're doing already. Um, and if you're, um, you know, I don't know, you can think about other dimensions, What you know, um, the, you know, uh, tax software will have some AI in uh, sure. it already and the so there's lots of opportunities to use it, but I don't want to exaggerate the payoff. so I just want to be a little bit cautious here, okay? So uh what if you're if you have your existing workflow, this is this is the theme of our our, our new book uh, Power and Prediction, which is if you have your existing workflow and all you're doing is taking an AI to improve your existing workflow, but not really changing anything else. So oh, you know what this is a costly human process it takes, Lots and lots of hours. Let's use uh, an AI tool, a machine learning tool to make that a little bit better. Um, The upside is necessarily going to be limited. And so you might save 5, 10, 15% on that particular process, uh, maybe even a little more. It's not going to be a, um, it's not going to have any transformative impact in the business. It's going to be, so you got to decide for those, you know, for 5, 10, 15%, is it worth it to invest your time to learn the new tool and all that? Where the real potential lies is once you can figure out what are the major bottlenecks in my business in order to deliver value to my customers, um, are any of those bottlenecks driven by a lack of prediction? I don't have good information. Okay. And if that's the case, maybe you can build an entirely new kind of business uh, or entirely new business line is maybe the best way to put it, where you take advantage of uh, that better information in order to better serve your customers. Um, so I have a, you know, my, my favorite example of this is the airport. Okay. Um, which is, uh, you know, uh, those airports that are rated the best airports in the world, like Singapore and, uh, you know, Seoul and and, and, you know, there, there are fewer in the United States and Canada, but there's some, (laughs) Um, but if you think about these like great airports, what makes them so great? They have restaurants and they have shopping and they have museums and art galleries and theater and all this. Um what do you what do you actually want to do at the airport? Well, now let's look at what the super rich do. Okay. Uh the the private jet terminals don't look anything like those spectacular right. airports. That's right. Uh, I've been told they're effectively sheds, right? They and, are. Because no one wants to spend time at the airport. You only spend time at the airport because of a product fail on the part of the airlines.
1: Hey, if you like financial education the way I do, you're going to love Buck Joffrey's podcast. Buck's a friend of mine. He's a client of mine. He's a former board-certified surgeon, and he's turned into a real estate professional. So he has this podcast that is geared towards high-paid professionals. That's who he's geared towards. So if you're a high-paid professional, you're going, look, I'd like to do something different with my money than what I'm doing. I'd like to get financially educated. I'd like to take control of my money and my life and my taxes. I would love to recommend Buck Joffrey's podcast, which is called Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. I hope you join Buck on this adventure
0: of a lifetime. Exactly. Your goal is to actually just get out. And so imagine if you had a great prediction about how long it would take to get to the airport and through security then you don't need shops, you don't need restaurants, you don't need any of that stuff. And the airport and the airlines would actually be delivering much better customer service. And so like in your own business, just think through, this: where are the, where are the constraints that I like, I'm spending all this time, I have all this architecture, I have all these rules and standard operating procedures not to serve my customers, but to actually compensate for the fact that I'm not serving them as well as I could.
1: Interesting because because and I do get to travel private from time to time cuz I have <laughs> buddies with airplanes. And uh, you, seriously, you you park close to the okay. to the to the terminal, right? Yeah. So the parking is an important part and you walk in and get on the plane. And that's it. I mean, there's actually no security at a private airport. Mm-hmm. Uh there's no no security at all because you're getting on you know, a private plane. plane. So, yeah. you know, we're not, we're, we're not worried about that. We know everybody's going to be on that plane. Um, but if you could literally go through security in five minutes um, and get on the plane five minutes later, that would be like amazing, right? Yeah. But we know you can't do that because you've got to queue up in line. you got to, you know, you got to queue up for the um, for the, for, for um, getting through the security. Then you got to queue up again to get, get on into the seats. And then you got to find out, am I on standby and all these kinds of things. So you're suggesting that, boy, you could actually use AI to predict all that and actually solve for that. If you used good judgment to, and figured out how to solve for it.
0: Absolutely. And so like the, the process is thinking through uh, what are the, Uh, what are those things like the shops and restaurants at airports in your business that you're providing to your customers? uh, Basically because you're, you know, you can't really deliver excellent customer service because there's some constraint that makes it impossible.
1: Yeah. It'd be like the TVs in the, in the doctor's office, right? Why are there TVs in the doctor's office? Because (laughs) you're waiting for 45 (laughs) minutes to see the doctor.
0: That's a fail. Exactly. Exactly. And almost every business has examples of those kinds of fails. Some smaller scale, like, you know, TV, some big scale, like the entire multi-billion dollar architecture of an airport. Uh, you see it in insurance, you see it in, um, uh, you know, in an accounting too. Like you have these, uh, you know, these constraints and you make your customers wait and, and do all sorts of things just because it takes time to fill in those forms and do things that fundamentally are, are predictable and prediction tools.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, but you, you you distinguish the judgment from the prediction, right? right. And, and I always... Um, so I always tell people that the the job of a of a CPA, for example, is analysis, which is to help you make a judgment, right? Right. And so, how does that differ? I mean, you you mentioned the the iRobot movie, but in yeah. in practical terms, and in, in 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 a typical business terms, how does how does how do you combine that judgment with that prediction?
0: So um, there's uh, you know there's all sorts of places. So it depends on the particular context. Okay. My favorite example, I'm going to use a sports example, but it's a business. It's the business of sports. Uh, Michael Jordan in his first season. um, I don't know. This was a long time ago. um, And he was injured and he, uh, he wanted to play. Uh, But the doctor said, well, you know, there's a, there's a 10% chance that um, that you'll never play again if you play. And so the, the owner of the team went to him and said, Michael, why do you want to play so much? It's, uh you know imagine that you had a headache and uh you could take a pill that uh, might cure you but there's a one in ten chance it would kill you would you take the pill and his response was it depends how bad the headache gets and that's the essence of judgment right so you think about the these risks like it's a risk reward trade-off often in many businesses which is you have these Uh, you have the prediction and then you have to decide what matters. What, what do you value? So are you willing to take in this, you know, in, in that context, Michael Jordan wanted to take a 90% bet that he'd be able to play in the playoffs, uh, willing to take the 10% risk, the one in 10 risk that his career would be over. Um, You know, the owner of the team was not willing to make that bet um, and, you know, uh, pretty much didn't. And, you know, the basketball history ended up being made as a consequence uh, but maybe basketball history would have started a year earlier, uh, with the Bulls winning the playoffs in his very first season, who knows? Uh, and there's, you know, um, every single kind of decision you're going to make. So, uh, you know, a, a restaurant, uh, you have to decide whether to set up your patio on a given day or not. Okay. Uh, there's a prediction on rain. Well, how bad is it if you set up the patio and it rains? Versus uh, if you don't set up the patio and uh, you forego all that money. Uh, There's predictions on, you know, in any business on how much demand you're gonna have, how many customers are gonna come in, say, to your store, or um, how many clients are gonna come in uh, to your business this week or this month. Uh, And then you have to make hiring decisions. So the prediction just tells you what, you know, how many people are gonna be there. The judgment is uh, what's the consequence of hiring too many people uh versus uh you know and having to pay a little extra uh, versus you're not hiring enough and having to turn customers away in every business and every frankly even by industry every business owner is going right. to think of those those costs differently that's the essence of the judgment so the prediction can just, can just tell you oh you know what on friday you're going to have you know, uh 20 extra people in the store and the judgment is well what do we do about that um do we hire more do we turn people away you know, how do we think about those risks
1: that's really interesting. So um, one of the things that business, every business owner thinks about is what's the value of my business, right? Not just what's the income currently to the business, but what's the value of the business. And when you look at AI and predictability, do you see AI actually being in the future, being able to predict, here's the value of this business um, based on what's going on now. And you know, if you change certain parameters, here's the value of the business if you made these changes.
0: Um, that's going to put my economist hat on and say, it's a big, it depends. Okay. Okay. Uh, which is, um, for, um, for the path that you're on, like, if you don't anticipate very major changes, then you can say, yes, if the past is like the future, you can use AI to fill in missing information and and provide some value to the business. Once you're starting to think about, well, if I do something different, what's going to happen? Well now we're actually no longer in the world of prediction. Uh it's a different uh AI tool uh, called causal uh analysis that isn't that hasn't had the major advances that we've seen in prediction tools. Thanks. And the reason it's so hard is um, so look, I'm a professor, I come in and I say look, I'm going to teach you all about AI. Okay? And my students come in and they're like, "Wow, we learned about AI." And I say, "Well, imagine that because you've uh learned about AI from me and you read my books, um Imagine your future where you're spectacularly successful professionally and personally in every way you can imagine, um, and you can connect it to your knowledge of AI. Can you then say it was the right call to read my books and show up to my class? And the students are like, of course. And I'm like, well, actually, unfortunately, as much as I'd love that to be true, the answer is no, because you don't know what would have happened to you had you not read my books and not taken the course. It's possible you took them because you're interested in AI in the first place, and all of that success would have happened anyway. I bet. And because of that, you know, we don't know what happens in the counterfactual. So we don't know like what would happen if you did something different. And that's, uh, so it means we don't have data on it, which means the AI won't work there. So trying to think about what would happen if is challenging, unless you think it's, you have a business that you can simulate and you can sort of uh, design a simulated um, framework for understanding those different chain, those different opportunities
1: interesting so so the ai when it comes to predictability is really taking um the information that we have and yeah. just it's just assembling that information say well based on the information we have this is what's going to happen but we right. all always know that that the past performance is not a predictor of future
0: um right. results right so um it's not just the prediction should be fine in terms of past performance predicting future results as long as you don't change your strategy But once you change your strategy, well, we don't have data on that. We don't know what will happen if you change your strategy. And so that's where that's going to break down. And, of course, if you're – so uh, it can tell you in many contexts if we stay along the same path um, what will happen. But what you want to know is, uh uh-oh, okay, I see if I stay along the same path what will happen. Uh, I want to know what happens if we do something different. And that, at least for now, in most contexts is not an AI problem. That's a – so you know, there we need you know, we need to remain. Yeah. Taking through so through not pain. take not
1: taking over humans any any anytime soon. Not taking
0: over humans anytime soon at all. No, <laughs> not at all.
1: Well, that, that's uh that's good news for uh for, for most people. Now you you've said that you think that AI will actually make business better, be more successful, that you think that this will have a power, powerful impact on business and, and really could completely disrupt certain industries. Can you just take a few minutes, go
0: into that a little bit for us? Um Sure. So it's it's a version of the airport example I just gave you, but those happen in all sorts of business. So Many businesses have SOPs, standard operating procedures, mm-hmm. and for the most part, those standard operating procedures are rules uh, that are there to uh, you know to accommodate the fact that sometimes uh, you can't make the perfect decision every time, and so instead, what you go for is reliability. And, um, you know, to become dependable both to your customers and your suppliers, but also to the other people in your company. So that, you know, person A and person B, like the two people, uh, their decisions are coordinated. So bring in AI. And um, the first way we've seen that so far is, okay, let's add it to our workflow. Um, And it's been you know, it's had some impact, but it hasn't, as I said, it hasn't had that extraordinary impact. had the extraordinary impact, you want to break your SOPs. You want to change your standard operating procedures to think through, how can I deliver value in a way that I hadn't before? So, um, I talked about the airport, you know, to think about, you know, insurance, you can do the same thing. So, um, we'll start with, imagine going to your doctor, okay? And your doctor, uh, looks over your symptoms, looks at your blood work and says, there's a 5% chance that you're going to have something catastrophic happen to you over the next year. If that happens, we'll give you $100,000. See you next year. Okay? You know, that's not what the, they supposed to give you some treatments, right? right? Think about what your insurance company does. They don't give you treatments. They say, oh, you know what? There's a 5% chance that they price the risk. So basically they're saying there's a 5% chance that something catastrophic is going to happen to your house next year, okay? Um, and if that happens, we'll give you some money. And they claim that they're giving you peace of mind against catastrophic loss. That's, that's not really peace of mind. Peace of mind would say, you know what? There's a good chance that something disastrous is gonna to happen to your house. We think it's gonna be because of electrical fire, for example, and we can uh, then uh, help you reduce the risk from electrical fire. So not just compensate you if something goes bad, but actually use better prediction in order to reduce the risk and deliver a much better product to customers. 10 years ago that was impossible the insurance industry's predictions just weren't good enough okay so they couldn't do that but now they're they're getting there the predictions are are good enough that it's not just at the aggregate level at the sub level they can say no electrical fire or leaky pipes or whatever else and they can help you reduce that risk and there's all sorts of industries like that where you you know the the fundamental nature of the way you serve customers is um you know, is uh, related to your standard op, you know, and, and the way you build your standard operating procedures is, is because you don't really know how to deliver value. And uh, with better prediction, you can deliver value better. You can- uh, Interesting. Um, and I think there's there's a real opportunity. There's a real risk for disruption because if you don't do it, your competitors might, uh, but there's also a real opportunity.
1: So, so from a practical standpoint, you know, uh, I remember well, Back in the 1990s, when the internet was new, and you you spent fifteen thousand dollars to develop a website, and yeah. and that was a basic website, and now you have plug and play, and it takes like fifteen seconds, you yeah. know, to to do that. Do you see that coming with AI? Do you see where the AI tools will be such where an uh, let's let's an average yeah. business owner can say, okay, um, CPA, for example, uh, you know, here, here's this AI tool that we can use. And let's, let's sit down and do an analysis because we've got this plug and play predictive predictive tool. Uh,
0: yes. I think there's two ways that small businesses can think about the opportunity. So way number one is we're moving toward plug and play. Okay. We are for various applications and that plug and play that you'll purchase through vendors um will make your businesses uh you know more productive in various ways okay it's not gonna it's not gonna make a huge difference to the bottom line but it's going to be part of the standard improvements that you make every year so uh you know as you'll there's various ways that you invest and improve the way your business operates and one of them will be to use ai use machine learning tools for a particular context as purchased by from a vendor and i would or more of small businesses are going to be in that category but a handful of them are going to see much bigger opportunity they're going to say you know what if i can get these predictions right then i can um, actually create a new way a new type of value for my customers or even capture a whole customer segment that i was never able to capture before and those are the ones that are really gonna uh you know, make the headlines and uh transform the way we operate, but also be the ones that, you know, it's like that think about AI as central to their business. So there's going to be most, and I imagine most of your listeners are going to be in the category of this is useful. Um, just like figuring out a new way to save on electricity costs, energy costs is useful. Right. Um, and then a handful are going to say, well, now that I can do everything differently, I can develop a new product. And that new product is going to be uh, central to the business going forward.
1: Got it. So at the beginning of this um discussion, I suggested that it was AI combined with blockchain. Um, have you looked at that as to that combination of AI and blockchain and how they work
0: together? Um a little bit. So I think there's uh you know, to the extent that we can think about uh blockchain as verification technology. So Great. that's the the essence of it. Now it's online verification technology. We we know very well that uh you also need to check things offline because you know, the Internet, yeah. sure. uh, cyberspace isn't a real place, right? You, you still need to to verify that everything's really happening. Um, uh, but there are opportunities to take the online verification tool that's in blockchain and uh, combine it with prediction technologies to develop better, to develop some better services, particularly in financial services. There's, there's, there's opportunities there. But there's, you know, in both of those contexts, the opportunity relies on you remembering that we still need to do verification in the real world um, and that we we have to recognize that you know, just because we can track the transactions across the blockchain, uh, that doesn't mean that those transactions themselves are legitimate uh, You know, in terms of what's happening offline.
1: Awesome. Thank you. So uh, to, to sum up, what would you say are maybe two or three things that a business owner or investor ought to be looking at um, over the next year or two when it comes to AI?
0: Okay, the first thing is when you hear AI, don't think the robots from science fiction, think prediction technology. It's a it's software that gives you predictions and predictions are useful because they help you make better decisions. So that's, that's the central point. Um, in terms yeah. of uh, the number two is for most businesses, particularly most small businesses, the gains will be uh, useful but incremental. Now, if you're thinking about, uh, especially if you're thinking about investment opportunities, what you want to be looking uh, at are, uh, if you're focused on AI, are opportunities where the uh, prediction allows you to overcome a bottleneck and generate a new way of creating value uh, to to some set of customers. And so where the predictions allow you to uh, change your workflow, do things differently, uh, and do things Much, much better. There's going to be lots of opportunities like that, uh, but they're uh, uh, but they're harder to find. It's easier to look for the easy wins, uh, but there are uh, big wins out there for uh, rejigging the organization and thinking about disruption. And that's like that last point is the theme of our new book, Power and Prediction: The Disruptive Economics of Artificial Intelligence.
1: Awesome. So, thank you so much, um, uh, Avi Goldberg. Avi Goldfarb from the University of Toronto. Really appreciate you being here. If they want more information besides reading your book, Parent Prediction, where else could they go for more information?
0: Uh, my website is avigoldfarb.com. I've got all my all my work on, on AI uh, up there.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us. And remember, you know, when we look at these disruptive technologies, uh, you, it's either an opportunity or it's a, or it's a challenge because either you're going to embrace it, or you're going to get left behind. And uh, if you embrace it, and this is why we do this in the Wealth Ability Show, um, you're going to end up making way more money. And as we get to using AI and blockchain in the tax world, pay way less tax. Thanks everyone. See you okay. next time.
0: You've been listening to The Wealth Ability Show with Tom Wheelwright. Way more money, way less taxes. To learn more, go to WealthAbility.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.